global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. The Bloomberg Futures Report brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures pairing gains with the S&P 500 index trading near a record as investors assess the health of the world's biggest economy amid disappointing reports from companies. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures now up a point. Dow E-mini futures up 23 and NASDAQ E-mini futures up 1. DAX in Germany is up 1.3 percent. Ten-year treasury up 4.30 seconds. The yield 1.72 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1 percent or 48 cents to $50.17 a barrel. COMEX gold on half percent or $6.30 to 12.41 10 an ounce. The euro $1.1358. The yen 107.53. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Gary Moscow, thank you very much. It is General Motors Investor Day. Mari Barra, the CEO, just uh, concluding a press briefing. And earlier, she spoke with uh, um, our David Weston and suggested that uh, GM's future is bright and she doesn't quite understand why the stock price is not higher. Right now, uh, GM going for twenty nine ninety nine down uh, a penny from yesterday. Uh, going for thirty fifteen. I'm sorry, it's up a penny from yesterday, about sixteen cents from yesterday. But anyway, uh, stock's down about twelve percent so far this year. Kevin Tynan covers the auto industry for Bloomberg Intelligence. He joins us now as uh, Mary Barra meets with analysts. Uh, Kevin, does she have a point, uh, perhaps, about their stock? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at uh, valuation across the industry, uh, you can make that argument for a lot of companies except for probably one of them. Um, and I think the concern, Mike, is that uh, demand is at a peak globally and especially in the profit center, which is is, the, is North America, and that when we go through the trough and come back out, and start the up cycle, the industry is going to be very different. And the question or the concern that investors have right now is that where are these companies? How well prepared will they be when we come out on the other side of this cycle um, for what the auto industry will be at that point in time? Well, what do you see uh, the auto industry becoming uh, at, at that time? We've been in this 17 million sales yeah. figure for a while. Everybody seems to be happy. Right. I think, I think the issue is that even if we sustain that 17 million level, um, the, the pressure is to the downside in terms of volume. So if ride sharing autonomous vehicles basically mean we don't need to be purchasing or the consumer doesn't need to be purchasing as many vehicles every mm-hmm. year, um, Right. It's it's sort of the need for a stress test for the automakers to say, you know, 10, 11 million units is okay. We can still be profitable at that level. But I, I think the thing to keep in mind is that as the, as the industry goes through a cycle, we've seen all this talk of autonomous self-driving, connectivity, uh, ride-sharing, because – there was a rationalization of the cost structure when demand was so low. When profitability returned, there was all this investment. That investment isn't going to be as intense through the bottom of the cycle. So to think that 
technology and, and, and the new iteration of the auto industry is going to continue right. while, while volume declines, I, th- I think is incorrect. Well, I, I mean, and again, it's always odd to talk about, Kevin, and that revenue has gone from $105 uh, billion up to $155 billion, and EBITDA is up. You know, it's up a modest amount, but it's still at 11 cents on the, you know, EBITDA is 11 <laughs> cents on the dollar kind of business. I mean, it's a moldy business to begin right. with. Is right. the de-ownership psychology there? I mean, we the stereotype, GM is 70% SUV and pickup trucks, you say. Right. Most of us don't perceive that. We still think it's a sexy Oldsmobile Cutlass uh, convertible <laughs> with the girl inside it. Okay, fine. But is the ownership a real trend that all of these companies have to, to deal with? Yeah, and and it is. And I think in in the series that David Wesson did, and he's talking to Dan Ammon, and, and, and Dan Ammon makes a very point, is that, you know, don't think so much about car ownership. Think about miles traveled. We still, as a as a nation, as a as a planet, have to cover that. So if ride sharing or autonomous or self driving vehicles increase accessibility for people, there's this whole new flock of shoppers or consumers that need to get around. So. The ownership may be different in terms of the, the, the consumer and personally having a car sit in the parking lot here for 11 hours, um, but we still need to get around, and, and that's what the transition is right now. What are these companies going to be on the other side of that? How are they going to cover the same, if not more, in Dan Ammon's estimation and mine as well, more miles traveled per year by the consumer? Uh, some of the things that uh... – Barra is talking about, uh, you know, look to the future. Um, she's she's uh, says that they're going to cut fleet sales and make their, themselves the most fuel efficient uh, automaker uh, across the board. But isn't that the, the strategy also of uh, say Ford? It is, and I think though her points were were well made in that. In the urban centers, fuel efficiency, ride sharing, those kind of things are going to be become important. That's not really where their strength is. Um, and I think it will be a long time and probably through several cycles where the uh, fuel efficiency, the, the Chevrolet Volt, the Bolt, will actually um, will be what funds the additional truck sales and, uh, you know, in terms of cafe, corporate average fuel economy, uh, by, by being involved in that space, the, the 106 mm-hmm. MPGE of Chevrolet Volt, it'll enable them to sell five or six more mm-hmm. Chevrolet Silverados, which will be, especially in, in, in the middle of the country, which will be the trend for several more cycles. This doesn't happen tomorrow. Um, and I think what, what GM and Ford and everybody else is trying to do, um, Maybe a little bit covertly is to say, well, we'll be involved in this plug-in or this EV technology and get credit for two of these things starting in 2017, and it'll enable us to sell our very profitable pickup truck and SUV uh, Mm -hmm. offerings. Kevin, thank you so much. Kevin Tynan uh, with Bloomberg Intelligence on General Motors and the challenges of uh, de-ownership in the coming years ahead. Futures up two, Dow Futures up 27. Gold, 1242 the ounce, down $5. Michael McKee, Tom Keene, Bloomberg Savannahs. 
We're counting down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.